0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek.
1: Hey there, everybody.
0: Matt Dudek, you can find, of course, on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can follow us on the uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can follow us on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. And of course, be sure to uh, visit us at horizonroundtable.com and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. And Matt. I know you've you've had, you know, the good news is we have basketball finally.
1: I'm not that, convinced that's good news. That,
0: that's the good news. Well, for me, it's good news. For you, not so much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and joining us, um, at, I'm, I'm glad we we're finally able to get him on, um, Tony Paul from the Detroit News. Tony, thank you so much for joining us.
2: No problem. It's about fifty-five degrees. Uh, It could be on the golf course, but for you guys this time, uh, made made you guys the priority.
1: (laughs) Very, very sweet of you, Tony. Thank you.
2: (laughs) I I do what I can. (laughs) So, um,
0: so Tony obviously has been uh, has spent a lot of time going, you know, specifically on uh, Horizon League related. Um, Definitely Oakland. Definitely Detroit Mercy. Um, I'm sure you've, I'm sure people have fed you lots of information, lots of Horizon League types info over the years. So, but mm-hmm. this week, um, and by the way, uh, I'd like to point out that, that in the time it's taken us to do all the intros and everything, Olkin has already played two other games and lost both of them by double digits.
2: <laughs> Not the ideal start.
0: <laughs> no, it really isn't, and we're recording this on Sunday, and they're playing Michigan tonight, so, yeah, it, it's not been, it, it. if, obviously, since we might as well rip off the Band-Aid, um, Oakland has not been very good this first three games of their season, like, even a little bit. <laughs> we were all so excited, no. to we were all so very excited too because you know Oakland was going to be the first televised game on Fox Sports 1 against Xavier and Xavier beat so them by were. 50. <laughs> well, Xavier won by yeah, Oakland lost by
2: 52. 52. And I mean yeah.
1: So Tony, I know I I know that you are you're you're pretty good friends with with Greg Camping. He was kind of telling us this going into the week, but but what did what As have a, you I, been hearing? I,
2: I, what can you tell us? Uh, well, uh, I talked to campy quite a bit, obviously. Uh, and, uh, you know, going into the season, um, uh, I asked him just a couple weeks ago or actually last week, I just, uh, was shooting the shit with him. And I said, what, what's an acceptable record for you guys after seven games through your non conference? And he told me flat out, he's like, Oh, and seven. And I'm like, really? And the reason he said that is because, um, we, we reported when they shut down the program, which was the Thursday after Election Day, mm-hmm. um, which was when they put out the press release. I caught wind of it earlier. And um, they were – they originally were not going to put out a press release. I caught wind about it, started digging around a little bit, and then all of a sudden they decided to put out a press release. Um, apparently they had shut down the programs four or five days before that. Um, and so really they ended up going – Nearly three full weeks without a practice, um, he had told me that they had not even gotten to sideline drills, uh, baseline drills, anything beyond elementary offense and defense. And you can see that because he's playing zone for the first time, you know, forever, and uh, because he hasn't installed his defense or offense yet. So it's very elementary basketball, is what he the way he explained it to me. Uh, just kind of basically, this is just getting their feet wet. Uh, they ended up having, I think, two or three practices before, uh, before they started the season. Um, Rashad could practice very little. He had a shoulder injury. He suffered earlier in camp. Um, and uh, a bunch of other people couldn't practice until the Saturday or the Sunday before the game. So the way he explained it was that they were very rusty, and it was just going to be uh, take the ball and shoot and see what happens. But it wasn't going to be very complex. And what you're seeing is uh, a team that looks like they haven't practiced. And uh, they haven't. Now, that said, 52, to me, as a, a non-basketball expert, 52-point loss is alarming. Um, a little bit, in the yeah. 27-point um, loss um, in the second game is alarming. And 13-or-whatever-point uh, loss the third game. Uh, they're cutting it in half. So if you go by that theory... Then today they should lose by six to Michigan, uh, but I've been told that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> oh, so. I, I'm gonna 30%. guess no. We're, we're
0: going back. I think we're going back up the. Uh, I think we're going back up the roller
2: coaster. there's a lot of people that believe that. <laughs> so it's just been. I mean, the way he explains it is, you know, it's all about Horizon League this year, and uh, they're gonna get their money from these games, which was a big success to even get the money that they're going to get for these bye games because of how crazy and difficult the scheduling was. Um, so that's important. Um, but uh, it's about the horizon league for them. So we'll see how they progress. Um, they obviously have a lot of new faces, um, some transfers. Um, so uh, the kid, the Juco kid who had a horrific first game, uh, bounced back and it looked better uh, and can clearly shoot the ball. So, um, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the next – they had their chances to win, I would think, against Toledo and Bradley. Uh, those were the two games that you're looking at these seven that they could probably win or maybe win. The next four, not looking good. So, it probably will come true that they do 0-7 and, and then see what happens in the Horizon League.
0: Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the, the next four games are, you know – just a buzzsaw as we expected them to be yeah. um but and, and it does sound like the the ultimate goal is to you know focus on and focus on the conference schedule but uh, I, I can't lie I'm just looking at it saying okay I'm going to spend the first seven games of the season getting pounded into the ground and then I get to uh go into the conference yeah. schedule and what flip a switch
2: well, I don't know if it's flipping uh, a switch necessarily. I, 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 yes. uh, the it's way they're seems looking like, at it, and, a uh, bit
0: more, uh,
2: yeah, I mean the competition is going to be a lot easier in the Horizon League than what they're facing right now. Um, I mean, they. I mean, uh, I, I I can't see them losing any conference games by 50 points. I don't think that's okay. going to happen. Uh, uh, so uh, the way they look at it, it's not necessarily flipping a switch. It's just being ready to go. Almost like these, you know, they couldn't play any. You know, there were no secret scrimmages this year against other opponents. Uh, again, they barely practice, and the way they're looking at it is, this is their non, this is their preseason uh, to get ready for the conference season. And to them, the games matter as only as far as they're getting paid for many of them, and um, and the checks are clearing, so that's good. And yeah. then it's about it's about um, you know just kind of. Installing your offenses and defenses as you go, and uh, and being ready for conference play. You look around the conference. I mean, it's not a loaded conference. We know that. Uh, it's not. It's not a great conference. So, um, you know, we'll see if if they if they get their doors blown out on a regular basis in conference play. That's going to be pretty alarming. But I don't yeah. think that's going to happen.
1: Hey Tony, you've mentioned uh, you know the, the buy games and all that, and I think it was you that actually broke it a couple of years ago that Campy had that uh, clause in his contract where he gets to keep one of the buy games.
2: Do you know if that's right. still in
1: play for this year or did they kind of redo that with the COVID situation? Do you
2: have any he idea? Has given that up this year? Um, voluntarily he gave that up this year uh, because of all the financial issues. Um, they didn't force him to do that, but if you're campy and uh, they ask if that's a possibility, and you have to understand that of course he would probably give that up, which he did uh, because he's going to have another contract to renegotiate in a few years, a couple of years and he wants to be on good terms with the university. So, uh, yeah, he did give up the bye game for this year.
1: Okay, cool. That's good to
2: hear. Thanks.
0: I think, and I guess from a fan perspective, I guess we all have to temper our expectations for a couple of reasons. First of all, you're, you know, when you're in a situation like Oakland that basically didn't get a chance to practice for three weeks, we've got to temper the expectations there. And also, we obviously have to temper our expectations when it comes to actually playing games because we've already seen a handful of Horizon Mm -hmm. League games get canceled already. One, a a group of them being the Kentucky MT down uh, that uh, Detroit Mercy was supposed to play in.
2: Yeah, yeah. Detroit Mercy was an interesting spot because, um, you know, they were watching as Oakland was dealing with this COVID crisis. And the Oakland COVID situation was, was massive. I mean, it was at least 20 people over the two teams. Uh, Oakland had nine players. At, uh, the men's team had nine players who have tested positive at some point since we started testing in October. So it was a pretty big situation. Meanwhile, Detroit Mercy is down the road. They didn't have any um, players test positive. And, by the way, they still haven't. But uh, They had a support staff member who had been around the players, That's which, is hey, to, yeah. which, which is why they had to give up the Kentucky game. And almost as important, I mean, the Kentucky game was cool in that um, you know you're gonna you know it was Brad Calipari's chance to go home and play against his father at, at Kentucky, okay. uh, and uh, so that was the storyline. But just as importantly was that game against Richmond, which uh, was going to be yeah. the better measure, was going to be the better measuring stick for where Detroit Mercy is in year three under Mike Davis. So that was kind of a big blow uh, for them. They didn't have to cancel. Uh, but you know they're taking the cautious approach which yeah. I think um, I think you're starting to see more and more schools start to take the cautious approach with this and you go to football you see that with Ohio State even Ohio State said they could have played this weekend but you know they want to take the cautious approach sure, uh, sure. and I think uh, that's kind of what Detroit Mercy did so it's a ball for them uh, you know they lose three games they lose some good money if they don't reschedule that Kentucky game we don't know the exact amount because they're a private school and they don't have to tell us, and if they don't have to tell us, they're not going to tell us. So, um, so they lose some money there. So it's a it's a blow for Detroit Mercy. Uh, but you've seen, uh, yeah, you've seen them have to cancel some games. Yeah, in the state of Michigan, obviously Central and Western have both had a game scrapped. Um, mm-hmm. The Michigan State Eastern game barely happened. Uh, Eastern was missing six players because of contract tracing. They only had eight available, so that yeah. almost got scrapped. You're gonna you're gonna see this being yeah. a struggle. For a while, obviously, until the vaccine, whenever. And so, um, on that aspect, anytime you play a game, whether you lose by two or lose by fifty-two, anytime you play a game right now, it's almost a victory.
0: And it's interesting you brought up the. Uh, and by the way, you're you're absolutely right. The Richmond one would have been the the more interesting game because Richmond has been. Right bantied about as you know one of those kind of under the radar schools that are going to be really good this year so that would have been that would have been a great contest obviously you know better to err on the side of caution than to you know than to you know try to try to power through that you know that's I think that's what Cleveland State does they they just said screw it we're just going to wait until December 1st to play (laughs) like we're we're not messing around yeah
2: and you can't really blame a lot of these schools no I mean you know um, you know, you catch this thing and it goes to the program. You see what happens. I mean, it's a two-three week process to get you back. If there is one good thing about Oakland going through the situation they did, it's because it's this: it's that they've gone through it, so they're probably yeah. good. To, they're probably in good shape to go. For, you know, through the end of February at least. Um, so they probably won't have too many more worries um, where other schools, um, you know, might be dealing with this stuff. You know, in the thick of conference play or, or even closer to the conference tournament, which would be obviously a disaster for many programs. So there's yeah. one uh, silver lining it's that.
0: Yeah, that is true and I know you meant, you actually you mentioned Central Michigan. And Central Michigan ended up becoming a last minute replacement for a non D1 school at UIC because UIC has their two games set uh, to open up the season at Credit Union One arena. And they were able to go, you know, and we we also have to start getting used to that. Those kind of last minute conference, uh, those yeah. last minute game changes where we originally thought that UIC was going to play that, uh, was it, Trinity International or something like that. Uh, right. It's a non-D1 school who had, who shut down their, pro, you know, shut down because of their COVID situation. And we thought for sure well, they were not going to play at all. Um, then yeah. Central Michigan magically appears on the schedule, and there they are. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's going to be. Yeah, you're going to
2: the- see. Yeah, yeah, you're going to see these changes at the last minute. You're going to see schools have backup options. I know for Oakland, um, you know, with their schedule down in uh, Cincinnati with the Xavier MTE, that they had Cincinnati ready to play them if uh, any of those really? games got canceled. Yeah. Wow. So uh, yeah. So Oakland had made had made preparations, and that was on Cincinnati. Cincinnati had called Oakland and said, "Hey, if you have any games scrap, we're ready." So um, you're going to see that a little that bit, especially in non-conference. Yeah, you're going to see that in non-conference play quite a bit.
1: They saw uh, that first game, and they uh, they're like, "Well, we'll take a scrimmage."
2: Uh, they uh, they uh, they made that offer before the Xavier game, for the record. All <laughs> yeah. right.
0: Fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And Just clearing man. that up.
0: Yeah. So, and meanwhile, nor are the Kentucky fans sitting there. Why won't Cincinnati play us? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and of yeah, course, meanwhile, know. nor are the Kentucky themselves are shut down after their first game.
2: Right. Yeah. No, it was going to be a process to get to to get to conference play. Yeah. And I think if teams can, you know, shut down now and get this under control, um, then uh, they'll feel better moving forward to conference play because, well, you just don't want to have to shut down in conference play because that can be such a huge blow to your season.
1: Oh, absolutely! Well, we're seeing not only our teams shutting down because you know within the teams, but we're seeing you know all of a sudden an uh, announced crew having to swap people in an FS1. All of a sudden, had something go through them, and then they weren't able to do the the last Xavier game, and they had some students jump in. You know, yeah. we're just seeing a lot of weird stuff, and that's probably going to be what we're going to see for the next month or two, even.
2: Yeah, you, you have seen that. You know, and you've seen that on the football side of things, even with I think uh, the NFL coverage. I think it was last weekend, or they had to swap at the last minute their entire crew, and then uh, uh, referees. I mean, people don't think about that, but um, you know, there's been games that have been canceled because of you know they haven't had enough rest yeah, because of positive tests. So, I mean, you go from, I you mean, know, it's just it's just a difficult time, and everybody knew that was going to be the case, and uh, it's just yeah. about you know it just comes down to whether you want to try or you don't and college sports wants to try. There's obviously too much money at stake and yeah, I have no problem with them trying to play as long as they're, you know, being safe about it. And if you can't go, you can't go. And that seems to be the, uh, the approach that everybody's taking.
1: I think the one thing that uh, stood out to me is just how fast some of this happens. Like with the Detroit one being canceled, Dan hasty, who's been on our show, he had posted about two hours before, you know, he was pat, he had a cute picture um, as he was packing, getting ready to go on his first trip. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, an hour and a half later, we see that they're not going anywhere. Like, I mean, th- that tells you if the traveling party didn't even know, it's it's happening really fast. This isn't, you know, hours in advance that anyone's learning these things.
2: Yeah, they had no idea until, what was it, uh, uh, Tuesday afternoon and Monday. It was, um, I got a text before the press release went out. So, uh, yeah, it caught everyone by surprise. Um, but, yeah, it's going to happen fast. I mean, you have to make these decisions. In a hurry. And uh, because obviously, with the regular testing, I mean, you look at the Horizon League and the Mac, and they're basically doing testing three to five times a week. And you look at the bigger conferences doing them every day. Um, So, uh, any day, change can be made because you're getting results every day. So, uh, it is what it is. And uh, you just got to get through it. And you just have to understand that, uh, you know, there are teams that aren't going to look like themselves um, at times because they haven't had the practice or the games. I mean, you're seeing that all across the nation, teams that have had shutdowns, they've, they've come out looking a little, you know, there's been some ragged performances by some bigger names than Oakland, um, you know, and uh, I think you're going to just see that for a little while until everyone gets a bunch of games in, and that could take a while.
1: Do you know what kind of testing they're doing, Tony? Are they doing, like, just those rapid tests? Like, I mean, you said they're, they're testing three to five times a
2: week. Do you know anything yeah, else about the, that? Yeah, the, uh, the, it seems like the smaller, uh, a lot of the smaller schools, or smaller conferences and. then obviously outside the Power Five, but um, it seems they're doing the up-the-nose, um, you know, not the rapid. Um, they're doing that multiple times a week. Um, with the bigger schools, they're doing a combination of both. Uh, I know that um, I think yesterday they got – an Oakland arrived down in Ann Arbor around 6 o'clock for testing, which I think was the up-the-nose testing, which results come back. I think they came back this morning, fine. But then the, today, before the game, they all had to do the rapid test. Um, I think that was supposed to happen at eleven. Um, so it's a combo. It seems like on the higher levels, and seems like um, you know the more standard up than those one on the smaller levels. At so, least it seems,
1: so it almost seems like you know playing a Michigan works out better for Oakland. They're probably getting better testing then. Is that like part oh, of they, the?
2: They are, they are. Yeah, they are for sure. Um, the bigger schools can afford, obviously. You know, that was a big issue in college football when when they started to talk about what had to be done to play, and they started talking about daily testing in college football, and on the mid-major level, that was a significant expense. Uh, you're talking 75 to to $100 a test. Well, you look at a t- school like Central, and they got to do that with all their sports multiple times a week. That wasn't really sustainable. Um, and then, you know, the, so the Mac went first and the reason, a big reason they did was because of expense. They came back once the rapid testing be, started to become more available and the other price, other test price point dropped. Uh, so they were able to do it, but yeah, the bigger schools can afford more testing and better testing. And So yes, yeah, so a school like Oakland going to this, uh, you know, this game against Michigan, they're going to know, you know, absolutely what's going on with their team. Now, again, they're, they're probably in the clear for a while so uh, uh, because guess, yeah. you know but by, by most science you know most science uh, reports you read it's pretty rare to get it again within four months so yeah um but yeah true. they did uh, they had testing yesterday and they had testing this morning so
0: yeah and and obviously oakland isn't the only one that's dealing with this you know, young sound state is just now uh, i believe they're going to be ready to practice again on monday um So they're going to be back in action. Robert Morris is going to be in the same situation pretty soon. Now Northern Kentucky, of course, has to go through their cycle. Then they're going to probably lose about a week and a half. Um, And on top of this, we're also finding, you know, coming into some of the conventional NCAA dilemmas that we always run into every year. Like, for example, you know, in this case being transfer waivers. Which Oakland, yeah. Zion Young and Oakland finally finally got his, um, but apparently Robert mm-hmm. Morris's Khalil Spear did not get his, and nobody knows yeah. why. And, of course, this is the, the, the great voodoo magic of the NCAA not telling us what their whole criteria is. Yeah.
2: This is it's, a no it's a joke. Yeah. It's an absolute joke. What's going especially on especially this AA. year of all years? Yeah, I mean, it's, no, it's, it's ridiculous. You claim to be about the children and the kids or student athletes or whatever, and then you make, you know, everyone, you know, this should have been the year where they just said, fine, you're good. You know, everyone gets the blanket waiver this year. Um, the only thing I can figure out from why, I mean, this year, and then, by the way, they have eventually approved probably 95% of the yes. transfers for immediate ele- eligibility. Of course, they took their time with all of them. It wasn't like they just said, fine, you're all approved. No, we have to go through each case and whatever. Um, but the, the one thing I find from the transfer st- side of things is that if the previous school wants to be a dick and block it, that's where, that's where problems come in. And that was where the problem was with Zion, with Zion Young for a while. Uh, his previous school, um, even though they had a coaching change, um, was being difficult, and it was the same thing with Michael Flowers, who transferred from Western to South Alabama. I mean, Michael. I mean, look at Michael Flowers. I mean, he couldn't have done any more for Western Michigan. I mean, and then decides to leave, um, you know, because of the new coach. And uh, Western Michigan fought it, and so he got denied originally. So that seems to be the main thing. If a school on the other end is willing to work with you, then it seems like it goes pretty quick. And if they're not. They want to hold it up. It seems like the NCAA allows them to do that, which is a joke.
1: In my yeah, understanding, yeah. my understanding, and you know, I, I I've heard some of this even with some, you know, Oakland's had you know the plethora of transfers the past you know twenty two years or so. Right. Um, is what it comes down to is when you know they're asked, you know, are, is it a runoff? And Oakland won't sign off a runoff waiver. You know, yeah, they wanted them to go, but they're not. They're they're not going to lie. And that's what it comes down right. to is it, it's you know when, from a compliance standpoint, it sounds like some schools are willing to kind of tell, you know, tell a little bit of a, to, well, to tell sort of a lie where other schools well, but, are. And that's where you're no, seeing, no, you know, no, discrepancy.
2: That's sort, of, sort of a lie. I mean, there are a lot of schools that are willing to play a lie. Yeah. No question. Um, It's college sports. It's dirty. Um, So, yeah. Um, But uh, Oakland, uh, you know, and I've talked with Campy about this in, in some level. Um, and, yeah, he's uh, – you know, he's not willing to do that. I mean, he doesn't have to do that at this point in his career. You know, um, maybe if he was a young coach trying to start a long career, he'd be a little bit more lenient in uh, what you know and how he bends the truth. But and how Oakland would have bent the truth, but they're not willing to do that.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, now, to be clear, I don't. You know, I'm um, not really familiar with the the Khalil Spear situation over at Robert Morris. I know the guy is over at the Colonial Sports Network. Uh, give them a shout out. They're putting it. sounds like they're putting together a podcast to kind of explain the situation. Once they po- once they pull that up, I'm sure we're gonna be sure to listen and you know get some. Glean some that. details from that, um, but I will say this: uh, one school that definitely got all of their transfer waivers was UIC. I was kind of impressed how they were get, able to get everybody on board because um, yeah. because yeah, they got because uh, uh, Tavian Kirk was uh, and he was in, in even because he, he was in an interesting situation because he had spent his first two years at Ohio and then he transferred to Colorado State. He didn't even play a single game with them, and then decided to transfer uh, to uh, to UIC, a little closer to home for him. And he was able to get his, as was uh, Maurice Commander over there. Um, and you could tell, and I know the in the first couple of games, specifically with Tavian Kirk, I haven't seen uh, much of Maurice Commander the last couple of days. It's the impact is shown. It's it's interesting that. Um, we had a lot of questions about UIC. How are they, they going to acclimate with uh, Luke Yaklich? How they were going to acclimate with the fact that they had almost a completely different uh, backcourt? Seems like they're doing pretty okay.
2: I think. They're- yeah. That, well. Yeah. They got a great hire. I mean, I, that was the thing that kind of opened some eyes. That's a yeah. big name to come into the Horizon League right there. Um, and uh, obviously, I mean, he was considered for the Michigan job if Joanne decided he didn't want it. You know. So that was obviously a big name um, and a big get, and I think that obviously will resonate with the recruits. And I think also when you have a new coach in place in this day and age, the NCAA is going to be pretty lenient in approving in those waivers. Uh, sure. uh, so, um, yeah, good start for them. I think, what, did they come back? They were down 22 to Northern Illinois in the first half and came back they all in his debut, and then, and then won yesterday against Central. Uh, Central's replaced, by the way, their entire. Starting five, basically. Yeah, they had like so, yeah uh,
0: they they mentioned there was like what eight they were they like, they've got like eight new guys on the roster.
2: Yeah, they lost. I think they lost their entire their their top five scorers from last season. Uh, all graduated. So uh, yeah, so it yeah central is what it is. I mean they're you know they're always going to be able to score, but whether they're going to win is a different is a different uh you know different question. So. Uh, but yeah, good start over at UIC, and maybe will be a team to watch. I know they weren't really well regarded in the preseason stuff. So, uh, but again, great coach, and uh, you know, sometimes it uh, it doesn't sometimes it doesn't take much to uh, turn things around.
1: Well, and I think no. you guys mentioned not only did they get their transfers, it was how fast they got their transfers. You know, that's true. Detroit Mercy, if they had actually played those games, they're still waiting on Noah Waterman. Like, as far as I I haven't heard anything different. They're actually you know, so.
2: they're actually not. No, they're they're actually not. He's good. Uh, oh yeah. Oh uh, okay. I don't think they've hey. I, I don't think they've announced it yet. But Tony yeah, Paul yeah, they're Paul good on news. Noah. Yeah. Yes, good see, there on you go. Yeah. So they're uh, they're good to go. Um, which again, it's I mean it's, it's weird though that it's taking this long on so many people. Um, Davis wouldn't tell me that he was good to go, but he's good to go. Um, so, um, you know, it's just, it's weird how long some of these have taken. It should, be, in this year, you know, it really should be, uh, you know, let's do whatever we can to accommodate these kids who, by the way, uh, and, you know, I was talking to Campy about this, you know, these kids are, you know, I'm not going to, you know, say they're, you know, not going to make them complete martyrs in this whole situation, but, they've gone through a lot during this COVID era. Uh, And, you know, just for example, you know, with the whole Oakland shutdown, whether you tested positive or not, I mean, they all were basically locked in their dorms or apartments for about 16 days. They couldn't go out. They couldn't go get food. They had food delivered from the university. They couldn't even choose what kind of food they wanted. And imagine being a college kid. And that was your experience. I mean, they've, they've, you know, it's been tough on the college athlete, So I think that of years, any year to do this, the NCAA should have, you know, not really dragged their feet and just realize the situation for what it is. Let's make things as easy as possible for these kids, and let's just approve them. Uh, well, the NCAA you know, it's, has never prided it's, themselves it's on them to them being that. rapid
0: decision makers.
2: <laughs> no, it's just it, it's you know it's ridiculous that, you know, some kids are you know approved right away, and then like, you know, like when Flowers first got you know denied by the NCAA of going from Western to. To South Alabama. I mean, at that point, there'd been like over 100 approvals and like three or four denials. It's like that doesn't make any sense. I mean, what are we doing? You know, and you've seen more. I mean, you've seen more and more approvals. You know, in the in the past few weeks. So, I mean, it just it just makes sense that in any year, if you really want to make a statement that you're you're about the student athletes, that this would have been the year to do it. Of course, the NCAA, as they so often do, fell flat on their face
1: i want to give a shout out to flowers too, hitting the game-winning shot two days after his dad just passed away yeah after dealing with yeah, all this waiver point, shot, like, yeah
2: wow yeah he, he's had a rough end up and he's had a rough life uh, you know his mom died when he was at western uh of cancer and then um you know he lost his dad yeah the, the tuesday morning before the wednesday game he had gone up to visit oh. his dad a couple weeks ago and yeah, and then uh, he thought his dad was going to pull through and at least get to see him play us out to Alabama. It didn't happen. He goes out, to the team high twenty, and hits the three at the buzzer. Pretty impressive.
1: That that's just nails. Like nothing else yeah. you can say about
2: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, well, you did mention the well, you didn't mention the Noah Waterman uh, waiver. So. Um, and our longstanding conversation here has been, okay, we've got Antoine Davis, but who else? So, uh, I, I guess that would be the question that I have, what kind of impact Noah Waterman is going to have on this Detroit Mercy br- roster, um, where we've been, it's been kind of an ongoing conversation about, you know, who else is going to step up along with Antoine Davis.
2: Yeah, well, uh, and that's a natural question because for the last two years, it's basically been all. Antoine Davis, and uh, that's yep. made for you know that's made for some fun games, uh, but it's also made made for some some brutal nights when you know he's off, and then you really are screwed. Um, so the bottom line is they got they got some transfers this year that they really like. Uh, obviously, Waterman is one of them. Um, they've gotten uh, this kid, you know, bowl from a grad student from Cal Baptist. They got Matt Johnson from Saint Bonaventure. He was the other NCAA waiver who he got a yes. earlier. earlier. Um, they got Tareen Thompson from Seton Hall. Um, you know, they've, and they got this uh, grad student from uh, Mark L. Frazier from from Idaho. And so, you know, they've got some experience and uh, apparently some shooters. And they also really like Wayne Rose Jr., um, Derek Rose's nephew. Obviously, Davis has been raving about him for a couple months now. So they feel like their starting five is going to be dynamic. Um now we'll see, uh, you know, once they start playing some games and start getting into the Horizon League. But, you know, um, I don't think you needed to add a ton around Antoine Davis. Uh, but if you add a couple or a few legitimate options uh, and space the floor for him a little bit, then I think that you're, you've got the makings of a team that could surprise a few people this year. I'm not saying they're going to win the Horizon League. But I, I do believe they'll be significantly better than last year. Um, and, uh, you know, and this is also year 300 Davis. So it's probably time to, uh, yeah. to take that next step. And he believes that's going to be the case. He, he, you know, he says they did lose significant recruiting ground last year because of the NCAA ban for postseason play, which was also ridiculous. Um, you know, grades that, you know, were posted by athletes that weren't even on the team anymore. Um, so, uh, but anyway, uh, they knew that they weren't going to be in the postseason for the m- most part, uh, didn't even have a chance. Now, it wasn't a great team anyway, so you say, well, you know, who's going to Detroit Mercy? to think they're going to answer the late tournament? Well, you know, kids at least want something to play for, you know, something to look toward. And if you don't have that option, um, you're going to lose out on some recruits. And he says they did. And so he feels like this year they made up for it with some of these transfers. Um, so we'll see. Uh I'm pretty high on them. they got some talent. I mean, I haven't seen these guys play much, uh, you know, including Waterman, who comes over from Niagara. But, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think that, again, I don't think you needed to add, you know, needed to add the Fab Five around Antoine Davis to make Detroit Mercy a threat. Um, So I think that they're going to be interesting to watch this year.
0: Now, while the – obviously, because, you know – the, the two games they were supposed to play down in Kentucky, I know that hurts, but at the same time, they weren't – it wasn't – they're not in a situation – it doesn't sound like they're in a situation where they, they need to you know, stop practicing. Um,
2: right.
0: So, I mean, they're, you know, their next game is up against Michigan State. Um, not until no. the fourth. They, they're probably. It sounds like they're kind of in the same situation as Cleveland State, where they're just taking as much precaution as humanly possible, practicing, as, getting as much practice time as they can, and then maybe play two or three non-conference games, and then jump right into the uh, jump right into the conference right. schedule. Um, mm. With that said, you know what kind especially when you have that many new players coming in, what is the advantage that Mike Davis is going to have with getting these guys acclimated with the extra practice time? Um, especially when you consider yeah. again, you know, you're not going to be playing that many conference games going before you get into the conference.
2: No, I think that's a good point. I think with the Davis situations and all the new players, um, especially players, uh, veteran players, all right. Yeah. You can, you can have touted freshmen and that's fine. Um, but, uh, you have no idea what they're going to do when they hit the floor. Uh, veterans, you have a track record. And so to get them acclimated and get these guys together, um, playing together, um, you know, hanging out together, conversing, you know, whatever, away from the court, you know, on the court, I think it's an advantage uh, for sure. Um, so it's bad that they lost this game. Now, I am told they are desperately trying to somehow reschedule the Kentucky game um, at for some point. Now, they would have to basically do this before December 19th, which is the start of Horizon League play. Yeah. Um, once Horizon League play starts, um, you basically can't schedule any non-conference games unless you get a special waiver from the conference. They want they want their own little bubble, which they've shown by, you know, setting up this very uh, unusual conference schedule of playing back-to-backs at a single site. Um, so, But they are trying to reschedule the Kentucky game, and Kentucky's working hard on this, too, because John Calipari, frankly, wanted that game as well. Uh, you know, it's just sun, you know, it's just sun, it's, it's a good feel-good moment, and so they they are looking at that, and if they do get that Kentucky game back on the schedule, um, they would probably also get Morehead State uh, on the schedule, which was the, which was the third, or the fourth team at the MTE, Morehead State's about an hour from the University of Kentucky, they would be able to get that game in probably as well, um, so they're trying to do that to add these games back in, but uh, it's tight, you know, you got December 4th, Michigan State, December 9th, Kent State, December 13th, Western Michigan, so not a yeah. ton of wiggle room there. Uh, if I'm Detroit Mercy, I go call up Notre Dame, which apparently is begging for a basketball. game. They are on Twitter. You might on was Twitter, out yeah. Saying, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you're going to play Michigan State on December 4th. They want, you know, Notre Dame wants a game on December 5th. Why not call them up and drive down to South Bend? But um, anyway, the bottom line is Detroit Mercy is looking to add that Kentucky game, and if they can't get that, they're looking to add something else. But you know, it's just. It's tight, so we'll see if it's a, we'll see if it happens. I don't think it's the Once end, again, of just it that temporary end of like the world. just tempering of expectations.
0: Yeah, where yeah we, it, where, we're going to see some games that we might not expect and lose out on against some games we were totally thinking were going to happen. Um, right. As far as this, because obviously, as far as the conference schedule is uh, is concerned, they the the Horizon League has obviously taken the tack of we're gonna just do back to back
1: Bob games. did we I'm
0: sorry is there more I was going to ask
1: Bob did we lose you
0: apparently No I'm here I hear yeah <laughs> I'm fine <laughs> um As far as the the conference schedule structure, where they're doing the back-to-back games, I believe they're starting Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday on the nineteenth, the weekend of the nineteenth, and the weekend of the twenty-sixth, and then starting New Year's Day, they go into the they they go into the Friday Saturday schedule. As far as that that's, and they're obviously they're not the only conference doing that. What's it from what you have seen kind of based on all these, these conference, uh, you know, rosters around the conference, where, where do you see exactly, um, kind of the potential pitfalls of doing the back to back thing or some, some of the advantages maybe around with some of these schools?
2: Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Um, I think that there are repercussions and fallouts from, from having to play this schedule. Um, first, uh, teams that do a lot of film work and a lot of adjustments between one game and the next are not going to have that opportunity. Uh, There's going to be limited time, limited turnaround. Um, So teams that are really good at making adjustments uh, in the off day between the next game, that's going to be difficult. Um, So you're going to have to uh, have your your plays in place basically going into the weekend. And if they don't work on Saturday, uh, you could have some issues on Sunday trying to make adjustments in such a short period of time. Uh, that's one thing. Teams that are teams that like to run and are in better condition are going to have a big advantage with the schedule. Teams that can run, you know, teams that can really move the ball and 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 you know just go off to the races, I think could wear a team down on on Friday, and that team could be gassed on Saturday. You know? uh, so I think those are the two big things. I think teams that like to run. Uh, uh, and play up-tempo the entire game are going to be, find the schedule very beneficial. Uh, okay. Oakland likes to believe they could be one of those teams. Tripe Mercy likes to believe they can be one of those teams. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's different. Again, if you if your plays and your exit game plan doesn't work on Friday, you're not going to have a lot of time, if any time, to change things for Saturday. Uh, so it's just it's very unusual. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of sweeps. Uh, in these in these series. I don't sure. think there's gonna be a lot of I I don't think there's gonna be a lot of splits. Um so it's gonna be interesting. Um uh, but again, um it can't be believes this too. The teams that run and, and play up tempo and and really force the issue are going to benefit um against teams that aren't as well conditioned to do that.
0: So you talk about the, you talked about the prep work obviously for the for these uh these back to back games. Is there any um, is there any wiggle room do you see that because they're playing the same team you know twice in a row that maybe you know maybe you know the the, the learning curve on the adjustments isn't going to be as high as it normally would be
2: maybe that that's certainly possible but again um, you're not going to be a lot of times you don't know what's going I want to say you don't know but I guess for lack of a better word <laughs> You know, if you're playing in a game, you don't know exactly what's going on in the game. And when I say that, I mean that you're not, you are not you know, watching the game on the film and pausing and realigning and, and seeing exactly what's happening um, when you're actually playing the game. Um, so I, I'm not, in, unless you can do deep, you know, film work uh, after the game, I, I just don't see where there's uh, even... Even though, yes, you just played them, um, I don't see where there's the easiest way to, you know, install something to fix what they'll what the day before. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's all new. So, I mean, I mean, I could be totally wrong. All these series could end up being splits, for all I know. Um, but from the coaches I've talked to around the league, that's going to be a huge adjustment. And uh, the up-tempo teams are going to have an advantage. Most people in the league believe that
0: would be my guess yeah that's definitely i, I and again you know i am gonna be very interested in seeing how this the, the back-to-back schedule is gonna play out i mean right but at the very least we at least at the very least we know when they're playing so we can at least block out some time and watch everything
2: <laughs> right mm-hmm.
0: so so t- totally looking forward to that at least um so yeah so uh, Matt, do you have anything
1: else? Uh, Tony, I have a really important question. Uh, how is Campy's poker game? Because he doesn't seem to have much of a poker face <laughs> on the court. But, you know, how is his poker game?
2: Uh, without getting into too much detail. Um, he's aggressive. Uh, he likes to uh, chase flushes and straights. Uh, but his game has improved immensely uh, from what I can tell. Over the last, uh, last several months, we have a gentleman's wager um, about which one of us, between me and him, goes is eliminated first. And uh, I did very well on that wager for about three months. Very well. And and you you guys play
1: well. with Leach off, uh, uh, don't you? What's that? Uh, isn't isn't Dennis Leach or uh, not? Uh, isn't Leach uh, usually on with you guys?
2: Uh, he he is. He's a little bit less frequent of. Uh, of a player than, than I am and, and campy to, to that extent. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but, but uh, campy's improved. There's no question. Uh, his game is his game on the felt has improved, uh, improved greatly. And uh, he's enjoyed it too. I mean, it's been a nice little distraction for all of us during COVID. I mean, when we couldn't, you know, especially for the first several months when we couldn't do anything, uh, this, this opportunity to just kind of play for fun popped up and it's been, it's been fun, but uh, his game's improved. I'll say that.
1: All right, that's good to hear. I, I always see pictures and all that. All right, my my last question is: uh, What's the difference covering um, Mike Davis versus Greg Campy? Because obviously, you handle both locally. Um, what's the <laughs> di- difference in dynamics?
2: Um, I like them both um, a lot. Um, Campy and I—you um, call us friends—I would call us acquaintances. I mean, we're on friendly terms, um, but uh, we've had some we've had some go you know go around uh, you know some disagreements. Uh, You might not not see eye to eye on everything. uh, No. Uh, Whether it's basketball uh, or whether it's uh, life. Life. That's (laughs) a good way to put Um, it. We we disagree on a lot. Um, But uh, what I like about Campy is he's very forthright. And he'll tell you exactly what he's thinking, whether it's good for him or whether it's bad for him. You know, when he first told me um, that whole – thing where I asked him, you know, we were just shooting the shit one day, and I just said, what's an acceptable record for your first seven games? And he told me 0-7, oh, and, and I just started laughing, and he explained why. But we weren't talking for a story. So when I had to do a season preview, I called him back up. I said, hey, you know, i answer some questions now, but for the story, I, I figure you probably don't want me to put in that quote about 0-7. He goes, I don't care. Put it in there. That's what I think. And uh, I appreciate that about him, because you do not get that Frankness and forthrightness, or whatever, from uh, many college basketball coaches, especially the Division One level, or any coach in general in any sport. Um, They don't like to really. uh, They're 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 just as much PR experts as they are, you know, coaches. Um, That's part of their job. So I appreciate that about him. Um, Mike is very much similar in that regard, um, but he's just a little bit, you know, more a little less like you know, a little more softer spoken than Campy. He won't. You know, be quite as blunt, but he is pretty upfront. Um, they're both different. Um, Campy's high strung. Mike Davis is laid back. Um, but I like them both. And I think, uh, you know, I think what Detroit Mercy's tick ninth or eleventh or whatever it is, and Oakland's tick sixth. Uh, there could be some movement on that front. Uh, you know, both of them could do better. Uh, I think Detroit Mercy will be better. I think both of them could be better um, this season. Uh, I, I like. But back to the coaches, I like them both. I think they're both very effective. Obviously, their resumes speak for themselves, especially Davis. He's been to the NCAA tournament nine times at three different schools, um, from Indiana to UAB to Texas Southern. And uh, Campy, you know, built a program from you know, literally the ground up and uh, has made Oakland, uh, you know, if not a national name, at least uh, in the conscious, consciousness of the college basketball world. So, uh, But I like them both.
1: And if you have the uh, Tony Paul uh, Magic 8-ball out or, you know, whatever you want to predict on, how long do you think both of these coaches last at their their current steps?
2: Well, I think Davis won't be there forever. I think he'll have another job in him, um, which, you know, he's spent six years at each of the three schools before this as a head coach. Um, so I, I su- suspect he'll be here about six years, maybe a little bit longer. Um, campy, I'm not really sure. It's going to be on Campy's call it's going to be campy's call when he wants to step He's down I, I think you know um i i know there's some oakland fans that are frustrated with the fact they haven't been to the tournament in a while and uh, the last few seasons and especially what they've done in the horizon league when they've been favorites some, and some of the heartbreaking some of the heartbreaking losses they've had but um i i suspect both of them are here for at least the next five years so
1: yeah, he, when he says some fans, he, he's talking directly to me, and I appreciate him not just saying that <laughs> out loud, there and are, that's okay.
2: You'd, you'd be surprised. There are others. There are there others. Um, and, uh, and look, I mean, the previous athletic director got frustrated with with Campy, um, you know, and he felt like that they were underachieving. Uh, and that ruffled some feathers between them. I mean, they had a friendly relationship, but it was an honest one. Uh, you know, I mean – at some point, you, you do need to win, uh, you know, and, and that's why he's kept his job for as long as he has because on their level, they have won. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been a little while since you made the NCAA tournament. And let's be honest. It shouldn't be that hard to make the NCAA tournament out of the Horizon League. I mean, let's just be perfectly honest. If you're a good team. You should be able to win that conference. So, this uh, this is the longest he's gone without going. Yeah, they, they've, they've had their opportunities, and they've frankly blown them. In the Horizon League tournament. Um, some of them in absolutely atrocious, heartbreaking fashion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, but, you know, he wants to win too. I can guarantee you that.
0: Well, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we've been waiting hey, for thanks. a
2: while. It, we, we've been waiting. We <laughs> sorry I missed okay, you guys last like, time. Not- I apologize. <laughs>
0: now, well, we've been thinking about this for a long, long time since when Jimmy was still uh, still co-hosting. So um, I'm glad we finally were able to get you on. Um, tell everybody where you, if they can find you online.
2: Yeah, check us out at DetroitNews.com. Um, uh, if you're a Michigan sports fan, Detroit sports fan, consider subscribing. Uh, it's only a dollar for three months, uh, so not, bad, uh, not a bad deal there. Uh, if you love Horizon League, I guarantee you, You're not going to get any more Horizon League coverage in Michigan than you will from the Detroit News. So um, so check us out there. You can check me out on Twitter. (laughs) You can check me out on Twitter at TonyPaul1984. Um, I talk much less politics now that the the election is over. So if you're not a political fan, that's why you stayed away from me. Come on back. The water's warm.
0: (laughs) All right, thank you Tony. And of course again you can you can follow us uh all episodes of the Horizon Roundtable are on horizonroundtable.com and again be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. You can also pull us up on your Amazon or your Google devices. Next week Matt it's probably just you and me so uh stay tuned. So uh, <laughs> until
1: then
0: we'll have plenty to talk about. There'll be more games.
1: Absolutely. At least we think I can't be more wait. Games. We'll be able to talk about this Michigan uh, Oakland game that'll happen later today. Can't wait. Yeah.
2: Oof, this one uh, this one could get ugly, boys. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I have a Cleveland State game I actually get to watch
0: next week, so be warned.
2: So.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: So until that point, uh, so until next week. Uh, thank you all for listening.